Welcome to At Home with Kelly and Tiffany, where naturally-minded women gather together as we pursue simplicity and confidence in health alternatives so we can show up better in our busy lives and feel more at home in our bodies. Join your favorite home birth midwife duo for conversation, candor, and community. You're at home with Kelly and Tiffany. I'm Kelly. And I'm Tiffany. And here you are. At home. Listening to us. Listening to us. You're back. Episode 102. That was fun to be in the triple digit. It really is. I feel like it gives us some like, like we've been doing, we've been doing this for a while. This is probably the fourth year of history in recording podcasts. Contrary to what it may sound like, we've been doing this for a long time. It's one of the many hats that we wear, okay? And they're all really jacked up hats. (laughs) Super questionable style, but we're wearing them. Uh, we're doing our best here. We are. You guys know that. And you are here for, you're here to discover what you think, <laughs> what we think our best is. <laughs> Great. Happy to have you. Okay. I have one of the greatest reviews we've ever received. Oh. Yes, yes, yes. I actually haven't looked into the reviews recently, so I appreciate that you're keeping your finger on them. Our listeners have been very kind with our call to action to submit reviews they probably just want that free drink that we most likely have promised you know i would too but they're also encouraging double whammy yeah they're petty free drink grabbers (laughs) i'm here for it though and encouraging okay this one comes from hen chic Mm -hmm. Uh, hen chic hen chic hen chic we don't know what these handles mean. Maybe she has backyard chickens who have style. That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> yes. That is exactly Pen what chic. I'm thinking. She gives us five stars. Phew. Since the last time we have updated our audience on the review situation, someone has given us a four star. Rude. Just we don't expect perfection out no. of you guys. No. You can't expect perfection <laughs> out of us. I feel like well, this is a place where grace abounds. It is uh, too two-directional so. yep. grace happening here. Only um, five-star reviews. Four-star reviews, although they may be honest, ladies. Ladies. And I appreciate honesty. Yes, of course. I think that's an important value. It's not helpful. Nope. The point of reviews is to help get our podcast in front of other people, in front of other ears. So the more yes. the better, the better reviews we have and yes, the more course. that we have lends itself to being more listenable and, and more, more widespread. M- yeah. And more women getting access to information we want to share. Yes. So if you care, if you care about that, if you care about women having access to information, even if it's four-star information, leave a five-star five review. <laughs> I'm waiting for the review that says, like, five stars. I care about women's access to this information. Okay. If you leave that review, I will give you two drinks. (laughs) Two drinks. (laughs) Okay. Five-star review from Henshik. I have been in birth work for over a decade and so appreciate listening to your podcast. I often refer fellow birth workers and pregnant friends to listen to it as well. I appreciate not only the sage wisdom you have learned and passed down for all things woman, but also find your chronicles of vagina to be absolutely hilarious and so relatable. Keep up the good work, ladies. That is throwing it back. Newer listeners may have no clue what that means. Chronicles of vagina. 
is a segment we did in, I don't know, a season or two ago. Anyway, something like that. Oh, it's been over a year. Yes. And it is where we share personal <laughs> stories <laughs> about our vaginas. Trial and triumph. Mm hmm. So, of course, I forgot about this. Yes, it's been a while. Hen Sheik was like, let's not let this die. No. As she finds it to be really uplifting and helpful. So we're bringing it back. Here we go. You have so graciously been willing to be the first entry into the 2023 Chronicles of Vaginia. Oh, have, is that what you have determined? That's what I've determined. I will, sh I will <laughs> yes. share the first Chronicle. Yep. I do, actually. <laughs> I do have something that I want to share because... This is really embarrassing. And so I feel like that's where all good stories about vaginas start. Yes. Circle of trust. As you know, my family and I got to enjoy a vacation to Cabo at the end of last year. I do know that. Yeah. I sat at home. Poor little Kelly sitting at home in San Diego. Uh, didn't it well, rain? Was, yeah, it actually was raining the entire time you were gone. So I was a little upset about that. It's fine. Twist of events. Yes. You know, mm -hmm. who can say? Who can say? Who can say? <laughs> anyway. Okay. So I'm getting ready for my midwinter Mexico vacation. <laughs> right? So there's some things you have to do in order to prepare for that. Yes. One of which includes tending to your pubic hair for potentially the first time in six months or so. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure there's women out there who keep up with it all year long. Mine is much. It's like fewer and far between in the winter months when I'm not constantly to and from the beach and pool. Yes, I would say mine is at an absolute zero between September and May. Yeah. Yeah, I just let it all go. <laughs> just, I just let it all Great. go. Yeah, it keeps me warmer <laughs> during the winter. Cuddle up. <laughs> it's dark outside when you're intimate anyway, so nobody's seeing it. Just doesn't Great. matter. Nope. Pubic hair is really good for you. Actually, yes, it actually is. Pubic hair grooming is in our top five most listened to episodes. We did an entire episode on different ways that people groom their pubic hair. It's episode five. So this is the fifth episode we ever <laughs> did. We thought out of all of the topics we could ever cover, number five was pubic hair grooming. I'm just going to move this one to the top, Kelly. I'm yeah, sorry. Yeah, it's great. It actually was really fun and informative. It was. So it would be worth you yeah. know, taking a listen to. I don't think that the reason it's so popular is because women are like, I just got to know what these ladies have to say about grooming yeah. pubic hair. I think there's people who have downloaded this episode who don't belong listening to the intended audience that we first there, wrote There are for. some some episode titles that we should potentially go back and reassess for that specific reason. Agreed. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, yes. back to my story. So I have to take care of my pubic hair overgrowth. Yes. Before I go on vacation. I could choose swimwear that Covers contains it. it yeah. But yeah, I do not. So I decided to go all, I decided to just shave it all down to stubble. Basically, yeah. basically, yeah. So I've got an entire bush that I decide all at once. Yep. In the shower, I'm just, just get rid of it. I all. might as well, right? This is like two days before my vacation, so oh, I no. don't have a lot of time to sort through right this all this out, right? So not only am I like pulling a muscle 
with my legs up in the shower. So that's the only way I know how to like get the folds open and such. But I gave myself terrible razor burn, which was present during my entire vacation. So it actually would have been better if I had pubic hair sticking out of my bathing suit versus these red bumps. Oh, I just don't think you can go from not shaving a delicate area to shaving all the delicate area and not have some consequences for it. Of course not. So that was a that was a bummer. Number one. But the part that was the funniest is (laughs) the person who has to get in the shower after me. Yep. And I don't know. It just didn't occur to me that this was going to be a part of it. You guys all use the same shower? Yeah, we do. You, we have the four of you. The four of yeah. you all use the same bathroom. So it was my husband who got <laughs> in the shower next. And we have a hair catcher. Oh, gosh. To try to keep yes. hair from going down the drain. And he didn't see it in the hair catcher. He just start, you know, taking a shower in there. And there's no water draining at all. It's completely clogged. So from all of the hair. From all my pubic hair. So he has to stop his shower. Oh, no. Get the hair cut. Pick the hair cutcher up out of the bathtub drain. Get out of the shower and scoop all my pubic hair out of the hair catcher. Oh. And dispose of it so he can go back to taking the rest of his shower. Thanks, honey. And I was like, you're going to. This is for you. <laughs> <laughs> you should appreciate this. This is all for you. But you forgot to clean up after yourself after your shower. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. You were busy. Thank you. You know, pulling muscles. I recovered. I'm glad. Yeah. Now I am very happily growing my pubic hair all the way back out again. Great. And that's how it's going to stay. There was a season where my husband was shaving his beard in the shower. And, you know, I'm shaving my pubic hair. Like, there was just a mixture of all kinds of, like, short hairs in the bottom. Like, this is actually really disgusting. Especially when the water doesn't go all the way down. You're like, my feet are just standing in watery pubic hair. Watery mm, pubic hair. It's great. Like a pubic hair tea mm. for your feet. That's the title of our next podcast episode. A new a new Asian foot detox bath. Yes. Pubic, pubic hair, tea. hair Yep. Thank you for sharing that. Oh, absolutely. I just want, I want people to learn from my mistakes. I'll think of, I'm sure I have other vagina stories to share. You're next. Clock is on. In this episode, circadian rhythm. What are we talking about? It's sleep related. It's sleep related. Great. Circadian rhythm makes me think kind of of like, I don't know, maybe the first time I realized that that was a thing was when I was learning about nocturnal animals when I was a kid. Yeah. So... I just want you to know that's what I'm imagining as we're talking about this. Raccoons and a little owl hooting. Yes. Yes, yes, great. We're just going to embrace that right now. That's what we're doing here. This is one of my favorite topics to talk about, just sleep in general. But the idea of how our bodies want to be in this rhythm of sleep-wake cycles and how to encourage that. I just, I'd, maybe it's because I just love sleep so much, or maybe it's because we lose so much sleep as midwives, and you really have to balance that. And I mean, even as moms, right? Like we lose sleep all the time. So that's a good one. It's a huge part it, of life. And it impacts so much about our uh, women's health. Agreed. And I think it's an important part of body literacy. Yeah. In like a really simple way. So if the idea of tracking your periods or tracking your hormones and symptoms, if that feels overwhelming, practice with just tracking 
sleep and circadian rhythm. That's good. Yeah. Right. Like, yeah. And, and really listening to like biologically what your body kind of wants. Yeah. Out of some of those cycles. So we know a lot about losing sleep because more than 50% of babies like to be born at night. Mm-hmm. It's just a fact. Yep. Tell me about a time when you were insanely sleep deprived. I mean, there's been so many, both as a mom and a midwife. I do remember, though, when I was a doula, I was at a hospital birth for three days. So there were two overnights that I was there with them. And that doesn't mean I was sleeping there for two nights. It was like you're up working and then you're hopefully taking, you know, an hour nap or something. Baby is born. Praises. You're there for a couple more hours, just like sorting things out, helping them get all, you know, restored. And I get out to my car and it has been, you know, a solid three days since I've had an actual night of sleep and obviously not fueling my body well either during that time. It's like dried fruit and nuts and anything that I can find to like at the hospital cafe, which is like junk. I got into my car and could not get the key in the key hole. Like I kept pressing and I just like, my brain couldn't comprehend where I was going wrong with like why it wouldn't get in and I I started cracking because I was like my car but then I was like no it's not the car it's you like something is wrong here and I called my husband and he was like you cannot drive home good man I was probably 40 minutes from her house too he's like you can't so either you're gonna take a nap and come home or I'll just call you an Uber and like, we'll just figure it out. He ended up calling me an Uber because I was like, I can't stay. I need to get up. I need to get up. Like I was freaking out. And then I got home and had the hardest time falling asleep, of course, once I got home. But then once I actually did, I was out for a solid like 14 hours. But it was fascinating to me where my brain went, where I was just like, everything is wrong. I am not okay. Everything was made infinitely worse. The music on in the Uber on the way home was terrible. Like I was just like, everything is, in my life is wrong. It was terrible. Sounds so bad. (laughs) But it was sweet because I was like, great, you had your baby. And I was there and I was like in it while I was there. But once you're able to just let that go, I remember feeling that as like a newborn mom too, being like, I'm not okay. I'm not okay. But once you're able to be like on the other side and your baby's asleep and you're like, I can just sleep. Okay, everything's okay again. The world is a brighter place. Yeah, I think the thing that stands really closely next to birth workers missing sleep is that postpartum period yes where and you just it's a mixture of responsibility and someone has to do this and yes. I guess it's me <laughs> yeah and the hard with the like i'm just like truly not equipped to like right be in this space constantly you can see how quickly everything around you can unravel yeah and you don't have great sleep there's a show on somewhere. I don't know. My kids found it like over the summer or something. It's a game show where they sleep deprive people. Have you seen that? I have seen it. And my kids are like, you would do so well. <laughs> I know. Except that time, clearly. Yeah. Everyone has their limit, Kelly. But yeah, they give, they sleep deprive people and then they challenge them with like pretty simple tasks and right. who can get it done. Right. But it's, it's a good reminder of. That even just a little bit of sleep deprivation, especially over a long period of time, like if we're chronically sleep deprived, we're potentially putting ourselves into huge compromises in our bodies and our minds, our mental health. I know for me, the instant I know that I'm that I have not had enough sleep and that that's the problem is I'm just 
hyper emotional. Yeah. Everything just feels really big and I cannot regulate my emotion. There was a long birth I went to as a student midwife and I called my husband in the morning, like, you know, still laboring in the morning. And I was like, I'm the worst mother. I'm the worst. What I like, I, it was actually my son's first day of kindergarten too. So like add on to the extra emotions of like not being there. And I was like, I quit. I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm so bad at it. Like whatever. And he was like, uh, you should just try to take a nap. How dare you suggest that? Yep. A nap is not going to solve the high of the actual worst. Okay. But then the nap actually did solve that I was, I mean, and yeah, it solved all most of my problems. Yeah, absolutely. So I hope that women are listening to this and kind of just assessing their own, their own score for their sleep health. Yes. And comparing that to things that are potentially also feeling irrationally large. Yes, absolutely. And how we could use that as a motivator to work on sleep stuff. For sure. We actually just had a client who came in for a postpartum visit who was talking about how She's like, if I get a three-hour stretch, at least one three-hour stretch at night, my anxiety is like nowhere to be found. But if I'm up every hour, the next day, my heart is pounding. Everything seems bigger. It was just like a helpful reminder where I'm like, that's not even that much sleep, right? But what a difference that makes in her own body. Um, it's a good reminder. Oh, and I'm proud of her for making that connection too. So that mm-hmm. She can say to herself, I-, I feel extra unstable today because I didn't sleep. Yeah, because, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Before we jump into what circadian rhythm is and how we can embrace and support that in our own lives, I have three easy routines for better sleep. So this is something that women can do tonight. This is my opinion, as you guys all know, which is basically gold around here. It is the only opinion. (laughs) I'm just kidding. But actually, these are solid. Yeah, I think yeah. sleep, better sleep is forged because of good sleep routine. And I have seen that in my own life over this past year. I think just you and I in particular have been like, there is nothing that is more worthwhile to work on and have been able to encourage each other a lot. In that. But the number one routine that I recommend women start with is collagen at night. I'm throwing that into tea, smoothies, shakes, plain water. And drinking that before bed, it's excellent blood sugar stabilization, but also just helps to a good boost of solid nutrition to kind of soothe recovery and cell repair overnight. Stellar. I got one so far. I do that. Good job. Thanks. Wonderful. Number two sleep routine would be magnesium. The best. Oh, we just talk about it all the time. So you guys know, but I'm going to plug it in here again because... Topical magnesium, especially on your feet, your arms, your legs before bed is a wonderful way to soothe your nervous system, replenish some lost minerals that have potentially been burnt through throughout the day. And it's a, it's a great way to signal your body like, hey, you can calm down. I have a question about magnesium, the, the spray or lotion, whatever. Somebody told me this and I was trying to sort out if it was actually true. And I don't, maybe you don't know. You know how sometimes when you spray, it's like tingly, little zingy? Yes. Somebody was telling me that was because that's a sign that your body is deficient oh, in magnesium. 100%. Okay. So it, when you get to a point where you're like, oh, I'm putting it on and it's not zingy anymore, you're like, hey, okay, great. Yeah, you're in the zone. Great. Some people are so deficient or their skin is also so sensitive, that combination, that they really can't tolerate the oil spray. It's just too much. So you can use a lotion or you can use a spray for sensitive skin. 
it's going to deliver less magnesium. So the idea is to kind of eventually work back up to it. I was somewhere where I didn't have my spray for a couple nights for whatever reason. I just decided not to pack it like on an overnight or something. And I came home. It only had been a couple days and I put it on and stink. We just, we, we burn through this stuff every single day. It's a part of our lifestyles. Our diets are deficient in key minerals and nutrients. We don't always have the components of minerals in our diet that help us assimilate it the best. And so I don't think you ever quite arrive with magnesium. I think it is something that just needs to be a part of the daily routine. Yeah, absolutely. Especially when like, you go back and you think about like our detox episode and talking about like supporting your detox pathways, how quickly minerals are detoxed through like sweat. And... Yeah. Okay. Thank you. That helps me because I've been telling other people and then I was like, I need to confirm the truth of this. That's my understanding of yeah. magnesium deficiency, which is kind of a cool little thing to be able to know yeah you can put the magnesium on withstand the stinky part and then wash it off like 20 minutes later and you have already you know you've gotten the magnesium absorbed into your skin that is going to if it's really bothersome yeah great number three easy routine for better sleep wearing socks i was kicking and screaming about this one so you you introduced it on instagram of like i read this thing or somebody told whatever and I was like, you're crazy socks at night. That sounds like torture. But you have really changed my mind. Okay, so there is really good research that supports wearing socks at night leading to better sleep, especially for women. Also linked to greater chance of orgasming during sex. Wearing socks. Wearing yeah, socks yeah. while you are having sex. It's really helpful in the winter. I'm like, great, my feet are cold. Yeah. Oh, well, I, d- I yeah. wore socks all through summer, too. I'm not yeah. a sock person. I mean, we live in Southern California. I'm barefoot all the time. Yeah. And I actually don't care if my feet are cold. Right. So this was a hard one to introduce, but it's about lowering the central body temperature at night. So it's good to be keeping i don't know your room between like 62 and like 65 degrees in general putting socks on help keep some of the heat in your feet and not in your core temperature and that helps your melatonin release and continue to release throughout the night to keep your sleep cycles stable that's a wonderful thing it has it probably has something to do with like the circulation then right of how that Something about the core body temperature in relation to the time of night. Yeah. Your body already wants to release melatonin to help make you sleepy. Yeah. And that correlation between the body temperature. I'll find the study and I'll link it in the show notes and people can just have their own minds blown. But when we shared this on Instagram, people were mad. (laughs) How dare you? First of all, how dare you? Yeah. But then people start trying it and they're like, actually, okay. Never mind. Yeah. You're right. Yeah. If I, go, I went to bed without socks, I don't know, maybe two or three times since Yeah, I don't know, the past nine months or whatever, and it doesn't feel right. It's crazy how quickly you can become a sock at night person, especially when you actually care about sleep. Especially when you care. Yep. Okay. So that's super easy. Three things. Collagen, magnesium, wear some socks. Yeah. I can do that. Don't even listen to the rest of this episode. I can do that. Just go do those three things. And bye, guys. Be well. Be well. I do want to talk about 
circadian rhythm in the space of why does this have to be important for women to understand and how are we potentially like neglecting some of these pieces? Yeah. Episode 77 goes into a lot of other sleep things like insomnia, how to increase the quality of your sleep. We go through like a dozen sleep aids. So if you're not sleeping well, you can pop a pill. Natural. We do, yeah. I'm sure they're all natural sleep aids. But the circadian rhythm piece is your internal body clock that is regulating all of your biological functions through wake and sleep cycles. And it's like a 24-hour period that your body is already set up to do. It has certain functions that it wants to do during the day to help you. It has certain functions during the night that it wants to do to help you. And they are rhythms that are influenced by and influencers of your hormone nutrition that you give your body the stress that is mediated in your body energy that your cells produce the recovery of your organ systems are all regulated by circadian rhythm so if you care at all about any of those things or are working on any of those things for yourself you have to pay attention to your circadian rhythm because there's optimal ways in order to work with what your body is already trying to do and that's kind of the the hope of everything that we are doing for our bodies is that we're trying to support it and what it naturally wants to do, right? And so if you care at all about your hormone health in any way, this is the answer to why we talk about sleep so much. Because it is such a huge, it impacts so much, not just sleep itself, but what you're talking about, this rhythm that your body wants to be in, supporting that versus trying to compartmentalize all of these things is so key yeah so when your circadian rhythm is out of whack or you're not do you're ignoring your circadian rhythm rhythms yes when you're doing that sleep is sometimes the first thing to be disturbed because all of the hormones that are trying to keep you awake during the wake time and keep you asleep during your sleep time get disturbed and so if you're somebody who suffers with sleep issues potentially restoring the rhythm and being a part of the rhythm. The rhythm is gonna get you. Oh, what are you singing? I don't know. Oh, <laughs> a version of that song. Yeah, yeah. We're, we're... It's gonna move you. It's gonna get you. It's gonna get you. Rhythm, rhythm is gonna... gonna get you. Rhythm. It's gonna move you. Oh no, we don't. We don't have it right. Nope. Rhythm's gonna tonight. <laughs> <laughs> that part's right, right? I hope you guys are singing along. Great. Wonderful. Okay, so here's some important ways to support these natural cycles. Oh, real quick, before you even say anything, before you go on, I saw everything on Instagram is true. I saw an Instagram post about a research study that was done of people who went out and it, it was like a circadian rhythm research study. And these people went out and into like the wilderness and were intense camping. That's the word. They camped for like two or three nights and they didn't have access to screens while they were there. So it was literally just uh, daylight and nighttime, whatever rhythms. And immediately upon return, like into their real lives, their sleep was like infinitely better. Dang. And I don't think it was because they were just tired because camping is exhausting. <laughs> Like the research was showing that like their actual rhythm was restored being away from all of like the fake lights stimuli that we're surrounded with. I believe that. Interesting. 
So go get in some tents. Yep. Go ahead. They were in tents. What do you do in ah camping? Yes, yes, yes. You can tell. Big camper. Kelly is not the camping part of our pair. No. Well, this is good because sometimes we struggle to find ways that we are different. Correct. And differences are important and should be celebrated. This is one way we are different. I love camping. I have camped once in my life. That is crazy. And to be honest, it was great. I, we just, it's never been something that, like, I didn't grow up camping. We should change that. Great. We should change that. Okay. Now you can continue. Thank you. And what you were going to say. Yeah. What I'm going to do. Great. Okay. Number one way to support circadian rhythm. Watch sunrises and sunsets. Sounds nice, actually. Just for your enjoyment. Just soak it just up. Just watch it. And Great. just see the heavens that declare God's glory. I'm here for it. Why is watching sunrises and sunsets helpful to circadian? Well, it's going to let your brain know now it is daytime. Now it is nighttime. And that's how everybody used to do it, right? Before we had all of these other like electricity. Options. And yes, absolutely. And so it really does help give you your brain that feedback of this is day. This is night. Here, brain, here's what you're supposed to do to encourage these hormones to support me right now during the day as like we wake up versus, okay, the sun has gone down, time for rest. Yeah, and there's actually something different about the UV rays that come off of sunrises and sunsets that affect your hormones. Like it's scientific. Is that crazy? Science. Yeah, that is crazy. And the way that your eyes perceive those rays and how it alerts your hormones to like what the, what the deal is it, it makes complete sense our bodies want to be in that rhythm that's the way it kind of always was return this is the way return to how it always was yes. live in tents what do you do in a tent i don't know you watch sunrises and sunsets that's probably what they were doing that's exactly in their right yeah you can't ignore you can't ignore the beginning and end day when you because it's gonna wake you up yep or put you to sleep yeah Great. Beautiful. And number two, spend 15 minutes in natural sunlight. I'm here for that. Plus, it just makes you happy. But what you were saying also about just like the different rays, if you're actually, you know, in not only just watching it, but actually enjoying it in it, I feel like it totally changes my outlook. It changes the way that my body functions. I can tell a difference when I've spent the whole day inside. I also think that it is important. We Especially here, well, we're in San Diego where it's sunny a lot, but if you're getting unfiltered actual outdoor sunlight, right, you're not wearing sunglasses, you're not wearing a hat, you're not covering up yourself, but trying to actually enjoy it, look around with your actual eyes, not something that is covering them is pretty important too. Yeah. And so the morning sun is especially important and that it's unfiltered. Like, you don't want to have sunglasses on. You don't want to be looking at anything through windows because the windows have UV protection on them. You want to be, like, in daylight outdoors. Even if it's cloudy or whatever, you want to be yes. out inside light. Yes. But the light that is released at night from sun is not just UV, but also IRA, which is the same as infrared, which is why red light therapy... Huh works so well especially when people utilize it at night because it sends off the cascade of hormones that support melatonin production this is amazing actually i didn't know that about sunsets i mean i knew that about the infrared but didn't realize that that was part of 
the setting sun. It just makes so much sense. There's such like a great design to that. We and we can be a part of it. We are invited to walk outdoors. Yes, yes, we are. I also think that it's helpful to what you said of remembering that because I know that there's going to people be people who are like, well, I live in the Midwest and it's you know cold or gloomy or you know whatever, whatever happens in other places. We don't know. (laughs) No one knows. But just being outside, you still do actually get some of that, even when it's like overcast. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and yeah. a million other benefits from just like being outside. Yes. Even if it's even if the weather's crappy, I think people should go outside for 15 minutes in the morning. Yes. Number number three, regulate meal times. So not only does your body thrive on like particular routine during the day for sleep and wake cycles, but also giving your body the big task of digesting large meals during the day when you're already awake and active. And reserving the nighttime for rest and recovery. Yes. Not eating dinner too close to bedtime or having big snacks or like telling your body like, here, work on this instead of helping me fall asleep. Yeah, absolutely. I just notice so much of that predictability or just the rhythm that my body can get into. My body and my brain, I think, really appreciate some of that predictability. And even from either being up in the middle of the night nursing or being at birth, when I am like, oh, it's 2 a.m. Look, I'm still awake, so I'm hungry again. My body has a hard time digesting. I'm like so bloated and just uncomfortable. And it's just really fascinating because I'm like, oh, it's even if I eat the same type of food, my body's like, this is not right. We don't do this. This is not the time for this. And so it really does actually thrive. More predictability. Yeah, your body is more set up to digest and utilize nutrients. That's just how it is. That's just the way it is. No, we the same. Number four, regulate sleep times. Yes. Same I... reason that we want to regulate meal times. We want to regulate sleep times. And this is getting talked about a lot more I think, in the past few years. There's some good research that's come out that people are trying to highlight. You have you will have better quality of sleep if you wake up and go to bed at the same time, mm-hmm. even if it doesn't work. Ideally, with your schedule every single day, if you want better sleep, you are going to make it work. Yeah, absolutely. Are you a high, you're a high need sleep person? You know, some people just like, are like, oh, actually, they feel like they feel okay on a little amount of sleep. Yeah, I need, I need a good amount of sleep. And that has increased over time for me. And I think at first I was like, well, you used to be okay with this amount. You, you can function. But actually like thriving and feeling at home in my body and comfortable, I've really realized how important regulating this is. And when I do push myself and like stay up and watch an extra couple episodes of The Crown or something, I'm like, oh, I pay for it the next day because my body's gotten completely out of its normal rhythm. Absolutely. And I have to stop comparing myself now to younger Tiffany, who Mm. can just obviously handle so much more but while i thought i was handling more i was actually damaging my body's metabolic ability to turn over things easily so even though i thought that i didn't have to pay attention to some of these things now i'm paying the price in as i get older and i think that is just a part of what old age tends to be is that your mitochondria just cannot turn over as quickly because 
of all of the abuse that you gave it when you weren't taking care of yourself. Absolutely. Luckily, there's a lot of things that we can do for good cellular health now, but my body is talking to me now and saying like, no, we don't, homie, don't play that with <laughs> We don't do that anymore. We don't do that anymore. And all of these things that I'm like, oh, I wish I knew this as I, when I was younger and all of the things that even I talk to my kids about now, I'm like, I know you're going to go through seasons of not treating your body well. I'm certain of it. But at least you have the information and we can keep talk, like keep these conversations open so that you don't hopefully don't make all the same mistakes just on that cellular level that I feel like I did. Absolutely. I think um, there's a lot of people who are listening to this who are going to say, or we know people in, in our lives that are like, I don't know, I'm just a five hour a nighter. Like I'm not tired during the day. I have plenty of energy and I, I can totally function on five hours. I think that's a myth. I don't think that is actually true. I think there's periods in our life where we can make do with it and we are able to kind of stumble along, but that is a compromising concept. If you are sleeping less than six hours on a regular basis, your body is absolutely having to compensate somewhere and you're going to figure that out later. Yeah, you may not necessarily feel it right now but you may also and realize like oh my periods are terrible or oh this particular oh i'm oh i'm just kind of ragey and that's just how i am right you may not even realize like yes you are alert and functioning but what are the other pieces that are not quite up to par not quite up to par to quite the biggest distinction that i want people to go away with today is that they are not to par and with that good news, yeah, but it is, It sometimes we just think like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm fine. But the idea of sitting back and actually assessing your circadian rhythm, looking at these rhythms that your body is in, can actually tell you like, oh, I, I thought I was okay. But there are some pieces that I can work on or at the very least attend to and be aware of to support your body better. Yeah, and I, these tips are not just for people who identify with having crappy sleep like this is for everybody absolutely there's so much that can improve when we lean into circadian rhythm stuff so there is a new blog up on our website we've had an absent blogging history over the holidays i don't know why we had so much extra time everybody has so much extra time during the holidays to just give give more <laughs> give more <laughs> yep but this one has been has been being worked on been being worked out it has been being worked on for a couple months and it is finally finished for you guys it mm. is an entire sleep blog with every single piece of information that kelly and i collectively have about healthy sleep and managing so many different pieces from having trouble falling asleep to staying asleep to sleep issues during your cycle pregnancy postpartum and then what do you actually do about that and you guys can catch that at beautifulandwithfree.com read your little hearts out i'll also link it in our show notes but there's another invitation for you friends to jump into our newsletter where not only you will be first seat red carpet to all of the i don't know how how do you describe our emails they're like you're just our friends that we're chatting with and sharing some just helpful, nurturing, loving, connected conversations slash information. It's stuff that we it's like it's like Instagram stories, but 
for the VIPs. I think it's more personal than that. I think so too, but it's like, it's, it's, it's niched down a little bit more. And I think we get more into like our own personal rhythms and things that like we're learning and learning alongside you. And I don't know, it's a really sweet place to, to be. I'm always encouraged, like just being like, oh, there's, there's always more to share. There's always more to share. And always more to learn. And that's the place for you ladies to find yourself. So jump into our show notes, get added to our email list. Immediately after being on our list, you get our sleep free, which is including a lot of the topics that we have talked about here and in that new blog post and stuff, except for this is the only place where you can get a template for creating your own sleep hygiene rhythms. And so we have an entire formula for how do you implement some of these things and how do you keep track of if that is actually creating more stability and health in your sleep rhythms. You can tell we care a lot about sleep and that it is so vital for, I mean, everybody, but certainly for women and for our hormones and for our overall wellness. And so hopefully if you are a person who has been putting sleep on the back burner or sleep issues on the back burner or sacrificing sleep, in lieu of other things. Hopefully this helps you assess some of the options you have to lean into your circadian rhythm a little bit more. Hopefully. Not up to par. (laughs) Hopefully you realize that you are not up to par and you need to work on this stuff. Next week, join us back here every Monday, of course. But the next episode is about libido support. Hey, hey. Oh, I'm into it. Yeah, I am too. Let's talk about more sex. Sex and sleep. Sex and sleep. We're here for it. In that order. (laughs) Bye, ladies.